Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, Proof here. Just wanted to ask you guys, are you guys tired of all the mask ordinances that are passing all over the place with people telling you that you're not allowed to buy and sell unless you have a piece of fabric over your face? Well, we sure are tired of it. Please check out realbarefaceislegal.org and help us get together to fight these mask ordinances. You can also find Bareface is Legal on Facebook, either as a group or a business page. Anyway, help us fight back against these stupid mask mandates. Realbarefaceislegal.org are you taking this semester? I got kicked out of SHIT campus for next semester because I am a cisgender male. They said they are a very diverse school. Good evening. I'm Diana. Paul, are you there? Can you hear me? Hello. Hear you now, just like the Verizon commercials. Uh, we have a connection. All right. Doing great, Diana. This, How are you? This is DNT delivering the truth and exposing the lies. How was your week? Week is very good, actually. I've been uh, looking forward to uh, tonight's show. We have a uh, federal uh, Senate candidate out of running for a seat uh, in New York State, one of the two seats. Obviously, each, each state gets two seats. Diane Sayre will be on with us uh, in a little bit tonight, and I've been looking forward to it. She's, uh, she's definitely uh, an interesting person. I've been on her website and checking out her campaign, listening to her give her various talks and interviews. And she's very, she's a very interesting person. On the one hand, she's very against uh, central planning and concentration of power, uh, but on the other hand, she's a New Dealer. So she, I mean, it's like, which one is it? So we'll find out what she has to say about these things, the seeming contradiction. Uh, we'll find out if there's any difference between her and the other Democrats uh, running for for office. And uh, it should be really interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Diane is fantastic, and she has been on our on the show several times. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting an update on how her, uh, her uh, campaign is going. And, of course, she's very, very well-versed with what's going on um, overseas. So we're going uh, to get the skinny on that. But um, first we have our, our weekly update. Uh, what do you have? I mean, I always have stuff. You know that. Sure. I don't have anything about the news other than we talked about student loan uh, theft, uh, the loans being transferred into thefts uh, last week a little mm-hmm. bit. And this I can tell it is a um, – so, in other words, they give you this headline that says you – know, it's obviously a lie, right, deceptive headline. Uh, so it says, oh, you know, student loans forgiven, but then you start reading, it's like, well, you know, there was a settlement granted to people who was ruled their universities defrauded them. 
So those people mm-hmm. were given a reefer or whatever, which is not the same as, you know, everybody, you know, I've wiped this out for everybody. It's just not, which is, which is wonderful that that did not happen uh, because it's obviously all bad. I wonder what Diane, uh, Diane Fair will have to say about that. She, I suspect, would be in favor of wiping it all out based on, uh, on her stuff, but we'll see what she has to say. Uh, other than that, I, I really don't, like, as you know, Diane, I don't keep up with the news much. I do know that it's getting worse with the, uh, the, 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 the ramping up of this the COVID monster again. And in West Virginia, where I live, it is still uh, – there's still nary a, I call it a communist flag over your face. There's, there's, there's nary a moron flag uh, in sight on people's faces. So I'm yeah. pleased to report that. How are, things, uh, how are things in your neck of the woods? Well, you know, New York is New York, and it won't be for long for me, thank God. But um, <clears throat> so New York City um, is actually encouraging people they're giving housing vouchers, and they're encouraging the homeless to leave the city. <laughs> I mean, come on. I guess there's about 100,000 people in the shelter system now, including 600, or not 600, 60,000 migrants. It's like, so we create the problem, and then we try to solve the problem by shipping them out. I mean, New York City, and I know that Diane will 100% agree with me on this, is a tire fire. It really is. So. They bring all these illegals in. They don't know what to do with them. They put them in colleges. They put them in homeless shelters. They put them up in these nice hotels. And um, and some of these hotels that own these hotels are making some pretty good money per night. So I heard um, a little flying monkey told me. So uh, yeah, it's um yeah that's yeah it's a concern as far as as far as what's going on with the migrants in New York. And then of course you know we're still waiting for the decision on the quarantine camps and um you know i'm sure bobby will be the first one to have that out as soon as she knows and you know they're trying to ramp up of course the the new vaccine being released hurry up get your vaccine because if you don't you're going to die and we all know that that's not the truth you know all this has been um all of this has been debunked now but i i want to harp a little bit on letitia james or latina or letitia everybody has a different different word for her, but uh, the New York uh, Attorney General, for those of you that don't know who she is, and, you know, she's crazy lunatic. <laughs> I mean, she's just after Trump crazy. She plans to call Trump and three of his adult children to testify at civil fraud trials in New York. I mean, they just are going on and on and on about this. You know, look here and look over here, but don't look over here. It's just crazy. New York is just I sometimes just shake my head going, oh, my God, what's next? You know, but I think, you know, I'm kind of to the point now where I'm just kind of immune to all of it. Like, I'm glad I'm getting out of here. I mean, for real. Not that I will ever stop fighting for New York or, you know, I have freedom fighter friends that, you know, they've they've been involved in freedom fighting in, in New York forever and they moved and they still do it. You know, but their kids are able to go back to school and, you know, they're able to have some sort sense of normalcy in your in their life whereas new york i mean you can't get any of that you're just constantly getting hammered with stuff here crazy um little story and then we're going to bring diane on because i don't want to make her hold too long so she's always she she can take up an hour quickly and that's good but uh, i got a text today that there were a bunch of young kids 
at one of the local parks here. And they took a picture of this guy. They didn't get a license plate. And this guy was taking binoculars and checking all of these little kids out, you know, kind of moving his car and checking them out. I mean, when I was a kid, we did not have to worry about that kind of stuff. But this is the kind of stuff that parents have to worry about now. You know, I mean, this guy's a creep. I mean, he, they, I'm looking at the pictures going, oh, my God. You know, and it's a clear shot of his face, too. So, you know, I guess, you know, I guess these parents took charge and, you know, they sent it to um But what I'm saying is it's a totally different world than when it used to be. And that, that kind of news when people send me that stuff, because you guys, most of the listeners know I run also a, a freedom fighting page uh, called Free NYS. And I get sent a lot of stuff um, throughout the day, which I don't mind because I can't keep up all of it on my own. But when they sent me this, I was like, geez, you know, God. back to you. Thanks. Yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of headlines there. Yeah, but the illegal invaders, uh, you, you mentioned they brought them into New York City, but you said they didn't know what to do with them. I, I would say they knew exactly what to do with them. They were there for a photo op. They were there for a stunt. Um, and they served their purpose. And then it was, you know, and, and it's so true of this class of people. They don't think beyond stage one. Right. They want to steal from those of whom they're envious, who are producers and have businesses, steal their money and redistribute it to people who are not productive. And they never think about, well, what's going to happen afterwards, right? If I take away all the money from the, uh, the gauze producing plant, the people who own that and give it to these other people, who's going to produce gauze tomorrow, right? They don't think beyond yeah. step one. They don't, they don't think ahead. Uh, so they serve their purpose. And you said they're giving them housing vouchers. What that means uh, that means that taxpayers are, are paying them or are going to pay them wherever they're going to go. Uh, just, so, just so listeners are clear, give them a housing voucher sounds like this innocuous phrase. What that means in real life is they're dipping into the treasury using a campaign fund, and they are forcing you, if you're a net taxpayer, to pay for these people's, you know, to put them up wherever they're going to go. Uh, it, has, it doesn't really solve it. They're still around. Uh, so that, that means just a few thoughts about that. Uh, but, yeah, you're always good with finding interesting headlines. Back to you. Well, I mean, that was the point. That is the point of this show, you know, is delivering, you know, headlines and people want to know what's going on. So uh, one more disturbing thing that I, that caught my eye this, this, this week, um, you know, and this was in New York City also, um, they were going around and they were spraying um, – and then it didn't give people any warning, all right? And this is in the actual city, but they were spraying. Hold on a second. got to find the article. I just had to get up and. Okay. Um, there was somebody that said that there was a truck going by, and these trucks were announcing go indoors immediately until the trucks have passed. The city is applying pesticides to reduce the threat of the West Nile virus. Seriously? So they're they're spraying. Who knows what they're spraying? You know, and I guess there were a lot of people that actually reported that they were having symptoms, you know, like they were sluggish and dazed and, you know, weak headaches, et cetera, this week. I mean, that is crazy. They're saying that they're spraying a pesticide for mosquitoes. Come on. First of all, you should have done that in the springtime maybe, right? Maybe early summer. Something's really sketchy to me. Um, on that whole deal. And I, and I don't know if Diane knows anything about it. Um, maybe she has a little more insight on that for me. But um, 
you know, people were complaining that it was going through their windows and it smelled. And But, you know, people should be warned if you're spraying. First of all, if you're spraying that kind of stuff on your lawn, um, stop. You know, because I can't stand that Chemlon stuff that does the weeds. We're, we're chemicalizing and spraying ourselves to death everywhere, not just with the chemtrails. We know we had that show on. Um, and, of course, you could always go back on our old shows if you want to listen to them. But uh, people should have been told that this was going to happen. You know, you don't just start spraying through people's windows. It's just invasive. So those are the kinds of things we're dealing with. Uh, you know, but that, to me, is just an overblown excuse. You know, over, it's, first of all, it's an overblown disease and an overblown excuse. So I, I guess, you know, this is crazy stuff going on. It's crazy stuff. But I want to bring Diane on. Um, she's going to tell us. Um, she knows the drill, Paul. She knows exactly that we have to go to commercial at 8, 8.30. Um, she knows there's a delay, you know, because we're on live radio. And, um, you know, we're going to bring her on so that so she can update us. Um, because there's a lot that has happened since the last time she was on the show. So, Diane, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm so glad to have you on again. You know, when you're on, not only do you help our ratings because they're through the roof when you're on, but, um, you know, people like to hear, they, they really are, though, but people like to hear, um, you know, what's going on. You know, not just with your campaign, but you're so knowledgeable you know, in so many other areas. And I just want to give a plug for your secretary, um, the one that helps me out with your bookings. Amber? She's just so pleasant to talk to, very organized. Yes. Yes, she's great. Yeah. So for the listeners that haven't listened um, in before when you've been on or listened to past episodes, um, can you just give us a little bit of an up on who you are and your background, and um, what you plan on doing. Sure. Well, I'm running uh, as an independent candidate for U.S. Senate, which means I'll be challenging Kirsten Gillibrand because that's who's up in 2024. I ran in 2022 against Chuck Schumer and had the distinction of being the only in minor party candidate to get on the ballot because they changed the laws and it was Cuomo but I think it's really just sort of gossip that he got rid of wanted to get rid of minor parties because of Cynthia Nixon uh, I this is happening all over the country everyone knows that they're trying to silence debate uh, and we see it with the presidential elections I mean the two most serious contenders against Biden are Donald Trump and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, Trump is facing, what, 91 indictments? Or I mean, you laugh. It's absurd how anyone could say that that is not purely politically motivated. 91 indictments, that's just a waste of everyone's money, time, patience, everything to silence someone. And then you have Robert Kennedy Jr., who has, his father was assassinated, his uncle was assassinated, has armed gunmen showing up at his events, but Biden will not allow him to have Secret Service protection. So what does that Mm -hmm. tell you about the electoral process? So when I decided to run against Schumer as an independent 
I thought the signature requirement was 15,000 signatures in six weeks, and then I had a lawyer friend of mine call the Board of Elections and make sure that I was familiar, that I was right on the rules, and he called back and he said, I think you have to give up. <laughs> and I said, he doesn't know me very well. I said, why? And he said, well, the requirement is now 45,000 signatures. I said, oh, no, that's ridiculous. It still says 15,000 on the website. That can't be. Sure enough, they had tripled the requirement for independent candidates. That is, candidates that don't have the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or any other major apparatus backing them up, who are largely on their own, no dark money, have to get triple the signatures to prove they're not, quote unquote, a frivolous candidate. So uh, my team of volunteers turned in 66,000 signatures. People did take them out to look at them. Uh, we were not challenged. They did a fantastic job. And I am doing this again, uh, this time against Gillibrand. I uh, worked with the late American political figure Lyndon LaRouche for about 32 years until he died in 2019. And he ran for president eight times. Uh, so I became familiar with that and familiar with the witch hunts. He had the uh, dubious honor, if you want to call it that. Nowadays, I think it is an honor of having his home uh, surrounded by 400 FBI agents, U.S. Marshals, you know, armored vehicles, etc. cetera, uh, was indicted on conspiracy charges, spent five years in a federal prison. A number of my associates were uh, indicted on similar conspiracy to take a loan and not have a stockbroker's license. I mean, unbelievable, crazy charges given uh, 77 year jail sentences in one case. So I am very aware of the extreme corruption of our misnamed Department of Justice and misnamed intelligence agencies. And I, I think we have an opportunity now really to clear the air uh, because of the fight being waged by these two candidates. Kennedy, with he keeps bringing up the CIA role possibly in the assassinations of his family members, Trump refusing to back down, and the American people uh, have really had it. The, the problem we have that I see most of the time is that people – give a little too much credibility to the media, even if they don't believe the media and they say it's lying all the time. And I'll give you an mm -hmm. example. Out on the street, I had a campaign table set up in the middle of Manhattan uh, campaigning against a war with Russia, and we'll get to that. Uh, and people, only maybe one out of 20 people thought we should keep sending weapons to Ukraine. And... Uh, and I have this hilarious sign that says, no, Joe, with a picture of Joe Biden licking an ice cream cone in front of a thermonuclear mushroom cloud. <laughs> and uh, I had three people the entire day. This is the middle of Manhattan telling me that they thought Biden was a great president. Three out of, I don't know, a couple hundred or something. Uh, but those three believe that they're the majority. And they were very arrogant about it. And, and the 97% who, 
who can't, can't stand Biden, who hate where the country is going, and this is the middle of Manhattan, think that they are the minority, even though they're the vast majority. And that is what the media, that's the delusion that the media keeps alive. People think that they're isolated. They think they're in the minority, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they, they really believe. They believe every single thing that that guy does. Like, I, I have a couple friends that are still Biden supporters. Not <laughs> friends because they've been friends for a long time with me. But, I mean, there's, right. there's no talking to them. Yeah, there's no, no talking amazing? to them. They are they are so deluded and so arrogant about it. it it's just, I, I find it astounding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I give you kudos for just going into the center of Manhattan and doing what you're doing because, I mean, given the state of the city, and you and you see a lot more of it than obviously I do being across the state, um, yeah. at least for the time being, um, you know, there's a firefighter there. And, you know, it's a mess. Like, I have yeah. a girlfriend who works, she used to do makeup, and I, I guess at Macy's or whatever it is down there, and, um, you know, she won't walk now there to go. She won't walk without security, no matter what time of the day it is. And she's right. like, I want security to walk, but I'm not walking alone. So, Paul, any anything that you want to ask Diane as far as what she has said so far? Well, sure. In the first place, I do want to, my name's Paul. I'll be uh I'll introduce myself that way. Pleasure to meet you. And we have a Diana, Diana, so I'll probably refer you to our guest as Miss Sarah, or in some cases, Senator Sarah, when I ask you <laughs> hypothetical questions about how you might act in the event that you were elected Senator, um, just to try to make it easier for, for all of us in the audience to keep it straight. I do want to mention that uh, our guest's website is sarahforsenate.com. That's S-A-R-E. For Senate.com, and that's where you can go and check out her stuff. She has uh, you know, news on her campaign and statements. And I'm the type like I don't really watch. Like there was, I heard I heard somebody else say that there was a presidential deba- uh, uh, debate on last night or candidate debate or whatever. I don't pay attention to that. They put out something. Now it's on the internet. I still read their statement. You can learn from me about them that way. Uh, and that's what you should do. She has video clips of herself giving interviews, making lots of statements on a variety of issues. So Sarah for Senate.com. Uh, so that's the first thing. It's a um, it's a uh, an uphill battle, uh, certain for anybody, because I guess your two choices. Because you're, you're a third party candidate, so I'll ask our guest: Are really the two choices between, on the one hand, fetching for uh, selling your soul, basically, to get the endorsement, to attempt to get the endorsement of one of the two major parties, right? So you go in there and you're like those race cars with all the all the sponsors all over them, and you're totally compromised. Uh, or you run as a third-party candidate and you have to go against you know, harsher standards, uh, you're not going to get as much promotion, people are less likely to take a person seriously just because the branding, the reinforcement over and over again of the two major parties sort of makes it seem to many that the third party is not really worth taking seriously. Does it seem to you ever, uh, Ms. Sayre, that those are really the two choices, either sell your soul and sell all your principles to try to get one of the two major endorsements or fight uphill the third party. Is there another way? Uh, There doesn't seem to be, but I'll tell you, uh, just because there's so much election fraud that I think we don't really know how people vote at all, and I think the fraud is even much greater than people imagine. I believe, for example, in the... 
2022 election, there probably was a red wave, but you don't know it because of the amount of fraud that occurred. Uh, and again, if they keep, look, you saw just a couple weeks ago, there was a big freak out in the press because ABC did a poll that showed Trump polling, I think, 10 points ahead of Biden, right? So they immediately had to change that. Oh, well, Biden's ahead now because Trump overstated his assets or something or other. Um, and so then they change it. I think that's a bald-faced lie, but they have to tell you that lie because when they steal the election, uh, it has to cohere. And I don't mean to just make it totally pessimistic. I don't want to encourage people to give up. There is a fight. There is a backlash against these policies. Everyone was talking a couple of years ago about the truck driver in New Jersey who spent, I don't know, less than $5,000 and won a seat in the state assembly. Uh, we can change this, but people have to liberate themselves from merely thinking about it in terms of elections. It's really important for people to be active and engaged every day, every week, every month, every city council, school board meeting, whatever it is you can get to, letters to the editor, calling your congressman's office. Um, the people have to be much more engaged because as much as we have censorship and outrageous censorship, I mean, uh, in this country right now, uh, you still, we're not all in jail. You don't go to jail immediately for criticizing the president. He might wish that he could put you there, but you don't. So we still do have a good deal of freedom, but people don't use it enough. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, it, people have a hard time distinguishing what their freedoms even are. And, you know, you mentioned election fraud. <laughs> well, that's for sure. <laughs> Sorry, go really on. They think that they can post on social media and that, you know, that's their freedom. They really don't know. And, and of course, you know, I mean, they took the Ten Commandments off the walls in, in the Supreme Court 11 years ago. And, you know, they don't teach, you know, you know, they don't teach these kids really what they need to learn as far as, you know, constitution right. and history and, and whatnot. But you mentioned election fraud and, you know, that we've had, you know, the New York State audit on the show um, a, a couple of times. And, uh, you know, how everybody – when you were running against Chuck Schumer, tell them what happened with that election that night, just to give them an idea. <laughs> well, that was pretty amazing because, first of all, as I said, I turned in 66,000 signatures, which meant that we talked to, I don't know, 150,000 or a quarter million in the streets. Uh, and election night, I was watching my vote totals slowly creep up. It got to about 57,000. And I was kind of laughing to myself, saying, well, maybe they'd be hard-pressed to say I got so much below the number of signatures I got. So I went to sleep, and my vote was 57,000 with, like, 95% of the vote counted. I get up the next morning, and I have 29,000 votes <laughs> with 98% uh, counted. And then by the end of the week, I'm down to 25,000 votes. Um, and I'll give one example, which is my county, Rockland County. I was getting calls. People were excited because I had 5.8% of the vote there. And by the way, the one opinion, the one 
poll that mentioned my name as a choice when they were calling voters showed me averaging around 5% throughout the state, which is extremely high for an independent candidate. At any rate, so Rockland County, I had 5.8% of the vote, 6,212 votes. The next morning, I had 282 votes, 0.2%. And I went down to the Board of Elections and I said, can I please get a time-stamped record of the vote tally coming in precinct by precinct? And they had already somehow back-changed it all. But they claimed that the number of people who went in to vote in Rockland County but did not cast a vote for U.S. Senate was suddenly 6,212, the exact number of votes that I had had previously. And I discovered that 30 counties did that, which means probably I actually had around 3 to 5% of the vote statewide. I probably had about a quarter million votes, like the poll showed. And, and, I, and you say, well, why do they need to steal a vote? You're not winning anyways. What's the difference between 4% of the vote and 0.5% of the vote? And I think mm-hmm. the difference is, it's like what um, the universe, Chicago University says, or, or Leo Strauss, how do you impose a dictatorship? It's not a matter of telling a lie or telling a lie over and over again that, that people believe it. The, the way that you really scare people is you tell them a lie that everyone knows is a lie, but you tell them you are powerless to do anything about this. So we're going to mm-hmm. steal your vote right in broad daylight so everyone can see it, and you're not going to be able to do a damn thing about it. And I think that was really the purpose. They wanted to demoralize me and all the people who worked so hard to get me on the ballot and do everything in the campaign. But I, frankly, that was really why I wanted to run again immediately, because I said, if they think I'm that much of a threat, that I'm not stopping. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're you're definitely uh, tenacious, and I love that about you. So um, we, uh, I know, Paul, has a bunch of questions for you. And um, I want you, you know, when we come back, I'd like to start a little bit of updating about what's going on overseas and what, what the latest is yeah. that you know about that. We have to go to our first commercial. Um, Paul, just hang on. Diane, hang on. DNP delivering the truth, exposing the lies. We'll be back in four minutes. Guys, hang tight. Well, I have a message for. I mean, you, they, I mean, she, he, they, them, Zezer, whoever's watching this. Why are you not using the pronouns, all right? And why are you still eating the cheese? Why cheese is the most sexist thing you can eat. I've been saying this for years, and you guys are out there still doing it. What's wrong with you? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Education, and welcome to another Woke Madness episode here on this channel. We've been covering this for a couple years now, honestly. Every couple months we do one of these episodes, and it's getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And why do we do these episodes? Why? I don't want to torture you guys. I'm trying to help you guys out. I want you to start using the they-thems. I want you to stop eating cheese 
and I want you to comply. Comply with the new rules of society, all right? So, as always, with these episodes, you cringe, you lose. And you got some work to do, all right? You intolerant bigot. Yes, you. I'm, I'm talking to you. If you are ready for today's episode, head down and like this video. And if you are new here, please make sure you are subscribed and have the bell clicked for notifications when new videos are uploaded. Now on to today's very, very important game. You cringe, you lose, go. Greta Thunberg, it's time to overthrow the West's oppressive and racist capitalist system. Time, guys, it's time. Everyone, hey, she's past 18. Nobody should care anymore. They can't use a kid. I mean, she's not a kid. Using the kid to uh, tug at the heartstrings, that's propaganda 101. Uh, she's getting too old now. So, Greta, your opinion, it's, it's dwindling fast. Sorry, it's just the way it is. Hi, I'm Ash, and I'm throwing a gender tea party where we try on different pronouns and honorifics to see how they feel. Today, I'm introducing a friend who uses day-dem pronouns. My friend is so cool to come to my party. It's so exciting to get to know them better. Day- I ain't never heard of him being racist prior to running, the pr- running for president. That's just me, though. I mean, because any two ways you look at it, the man won his presidency without the black vote. What he needed for? What he need us for? Tell me what he need me for. He don't need me. But for some reason, he always get up on that stage talking about how low black unemployment is. Because he legitimately cares. You never heard Obama get on stage talking about black unemployment. He couldn't. Because under his first two years with a Democratic Congress, it doubled. Black unemployment under Barack Obama doubled. How many of y'all know that? It doubled. It literally doubled. It went from 8% to 16%. This one makes it four. Are you ready? This is 153 pages of the confidential agreement between Moderna and the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to 2015. What? Jason, what was happening in 2015? Uh, Frankenstein coronavirus. That's right. The same time Dr. Barrick and Dr. Xi published their paper on the new Frankenstein coronavirus. In fact, let's skip down to page 104. It shows that the NIH and Moderna were collaborating with Dr. Barrick. Wow. His signature is on page 106 of the material transfer agreement. But let's get back up to the top of this specific agreement. The NIH appears to be transferring the mRNA tech to Dr. Barrick. But look what they want to make clear. Quote, mRNA coronavirus vaccine candidates developed and jointly owned by the NIAID and Moderna. Mm. I'm sorry. Mm. I mean, I've seen ulterior motives before, but usually you see them coming. Did you know that the government co-owns the vaccine? There are over one million accidents caused. Okay, we're back. Now that we've paid the sponsors, weirdly, some of the commercials are just... We got to do... Still there? Paul? I'm Yeah, I'm with you. Ground control to HQ. This is Paul. Can anybody hear me? Yeah, I heard, I heard Diane answer. 
Yes, yes, I'm here. It kind of reminds me of the fake uh, landing on the moon. Now, okay, that's a totally different subject and a totally different show. So, Diane, give us um, a little bit of update about what's going on um, overseas and what you've heard, because I know that you really do keep up on that, which is important. Well, let me say that we are at the most incredible moment in human history, at a really great time to be alive, because it's sort of like the um, expression that our nation could not survive half slave and half free. Uh, we are at a point where the world will not survive half colonial, half under, you know, financial conglomerate dictatorships or half Republican with a small R or whatever form, but where nations have their own sovereignty and independence. And what's occurred is that a huge group of nations led by China and Russia which China initiated 10 years ago this year, something called the Belt and Road Initiative of building massive infrastructure, high-speed rail, deep water ports, connectivity, frankly, uh, very similar to the initiative to build the transcontinental railroad. When you connect major groups of people in major cities, you increase trade, you raise the standard of living, I uh, just got a tour recently of the Erie Canal Museum in Syracuse and was very pleasantly surprised to learn that in the 10 years after the canal was completed, the population of Syracuse increased 40-fold, 40-fold, not starving, but because there was so much work because of that. So you had that initiative, the Belt and Road, and then you had the genius crew in the White House under Joe Biden and others who decided to continue the Obama policy of putting sanctions on Russia, which have helped us a lot, right? We're paying double what we should for gasoline and the price of everything is completely out of control. But the sanctions also helped Russia. And I have a good friend actually who who was in Russia recently and he came back and he said, you know, In Russia, everybody's saying, thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden, because if you hadn't done this to us, we never would have begun to manufacture X, whatever it is, internally. You forced us to become totally self-reliant. You forced us to open up entirely new markets. Our economy is booming relatively. The Russian economy is the strongest it's ever been, thanks to what the Biden administration has done. So... Because of that, it's created space where nations under the thumb of colonial rule, like the French African nations, like Niger and Mali, and I guess Burkina Faso had the French military there, they're throwing out the French. They're throwing out the colonial rulers. They're overthrowing in Niger uh, the the military got rid of the president who they didn't murder him or anything. They deposed him, who was very loyal to the French. Niger produces something like 90% of the uranium that France uses for their nuclear power plants. And um, Victoria Nuland, who is now our deputy secretary of state, rode over to Niger on her diesel-powered broomstick 
and demanded that she get to meet with the former president. And they said, no. They said, we don't have to listen to you. We're not doing it. And then she demanded to meet with the head of the military junta who overthrew the president. And they said, no, you can meet with some lower level guy. Uh, And then she flew down to South Africa and tried to convince South Africa to join a force to invade Niger to put the president back in power that the people don't want. And you can imagine what South Africa said. No. So if the United States were in our right mind, if we had fresh in our minds the spirit of our war of independence against the British Empire, we would be following these events with delight. We would be saying, thank God we're ending this colonial system where someone comes over and sits on your head and steals all your raw materials and turns you into slave labor, and they're all declaring their independence, and we're going to work with those nations, which is the kind of idea that John Quincy Adams had, that Abraham Lincoln had, that Kennedy had, FDR, even after he died, uh, there was something called the Green I don't know if it was called the Green Revolution. It was the green something, and it wasn't green at all like what we mean. It meant every nation should be food self-sufficient. And and many, many nations became food self-sufficient, even exporters of food like Egypt. Haiti was food self-sufficient. And then what did we do? We came in with the World Trade Organization said, oh, no, no, you can't grow food. You have to produce cotton. You should buy your food from 4,000 miles away somewhere and import it, just like what we're doing in the United States. Green giant, you know, the canned vegetables. What could be more American than than the jolly green giant? Something like 70% of the vegetables in green giant are imported. Because, you know, we can't produce, uh, New York cannot grow string beans, right? <laughs> I mean, it's really... Uh, so we've we have become. If you I, uh, two years ago, I wrote a leaflet for the Fourth of July, and I just took the Declaration of Independence and I listed every one of the reasons that they give after the opening paragraph, which everyone knows. But we say, here's all of our grievances. The British has standing armies in our country. It's their search and seizure. They're they're putting us on trial without a jury of our peers. They're all of these outrages. Well. Everything that the British Empire did against which we had the American Revolution, our government is now doing. So somehow people feel very threatened by the fact that the nations of Africa are going to get out of poverty and they have resolved they're not going to be slaves anymore, rather than being very happy that this is occurring because Uh, Believe me, there would be no demand for American washing machines and dishwashers and automobiles like 2 billion people on the continent of Africa who suddenly had a middle class. But Mm -hmm. so this Mm -hmm. is that's why the war danger, because these the Davos Great Reset crowd, the World Economic Forum, the Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab people of the world, their view is no. We only want a billion people on the planet. They have to be our people. Human beings are animals. They're like cattle to be culled. And uh, if we have to keep everyone backwards, because otherwise they're not going to listen to us. 
and and this they will unleash nuclear war frankly so they are are forcing a situation against russia with ukraine it's a proxy war we're arming ukraine like crazy we're now going to send them long range attack them well they're 300 kilometer range attack them missiles which launch cluster bombs which 123 nations consider a war because the mu- the cluster munitions these bomblets a lot of them don't detonate and they sit underground for 10 years 20 years 50 years and they blow off arms and limbs of children I mean, that's why people aren't supposed to use them. We're sending them over there to Ukraine, and we're sending them weapons now that can launch, can hit deep inside Russia. And you have to ask yourself, if China was arming Mexico and Mexico started dropping bombs on the White House, would we just sit here? Would we decide to maybe attack China, or would we just retaliate brutally against Mexico? This is what the United States is doing to Russia. It is dangerous beyond belief, and they're they're playing a kind of nuclear chicken game where they say, "Well, we can we can take back Crimea, where Russia's had a military base since Catherine the Great, since the time of the American Revolution. We're we're going to invade Crimea. We're going to take it back for Ukraine, and Putin is not going to." respond and he certainly wouldn't start a nuclear war so we don't have to worry about that we'll we'll just do what we want and we're going to force the russians to back down and that is so Mm -hmm. over the top dangerous it is unbelievable and i don't think the american people realize quite how much danger we're actually in right now they they really they're more wrapped up in what their football team is doing and 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 that's the sad part they really don't pal Questions, Sure, I will ask you a question about uh, about domestic policy. I, I've been uh, check, following uh, Ms. Sayre and uh, your website, mm-hmm. and again, some interviews and things in certain places. On the one hand, you seem to be very pro-liberty, but on the other hand, you seem to be very New Deal. Like you're like you, I, I, I heard you sort of recite more or less a fan letter to Frank Roosevelt about the New Deal for perhaps five minutes on one of the uh, the talks you were giving mm-hmm. interviews. I found that very interesting. Uh, but on the one hand, Ms. Sarah talks about wanting to take apart sort of this uh, transatlantic military uh, system and sort of take that money away, but she doesn't want to retire, return the money to the people to whom it really belongs or, or lower taxes. She says wants to repurpose it for central planning programs at home, like monopolized medicine and uh, and other things that she lists. So I'll just ask this, sir, do you, because we talk on the show a lot about the New Deal, right? This Green New Deal is this uh, presently fashionable uh, legislation that there is. And I'm always uh, amazed that the word New Deal, when affixed to any legislation, does not spell instant political suicide that politician, yet for some reason it is very politically profitable. I mean, New Deal featured a 15 to 20% unemployment rate for an entire decade. Uh, 1938, after five years of the New Deal, U.S. unemployment was nearly 20%, but world unemployment in the League of Nations pool was about 12%, so almost twice as bad as the rest of the world. Uh, there's a whole lot of a Saturnalia of tyranny from Frank Roosevelt, the gold confiscation, the TVA, uh, on and on we go. So I'll just ask Ms. Sarah, and of course, every every administration has negative marks. 
you can find something bad to say about every administration always. But do you, I mean, do you think that the New Deal just wasn't implemented properly? Do you invoke it because it's popular? What's your stance on the New Deal? No, I think FDR was right. I think the CCC was absolutely necessary. I mean, he built thousands of schools and hospitals, and he created a situation where we were able to mobilize to defeat Hitler in World War II because we could outproduce everybody in the world. Uh, and I think that, look, George Washington said in his farewell address that you need a strong central government for what? To protect people's freedom. And FDR also was very clear about that. I think it's in his second inaugural thing about why don't we have any small businessmen? What, what's happening to the small businesses? The monopolies have crushed them. We have economic royalists who have destroyed the ability of the small entrepreneur to have a business. So I think that you do need the government to have a certain amount of strength to enforce monopoly laws, for example. Uh, I don't think we need 10 million tons of bureaucracy and regulations and the EPA and the NEA and the blah, 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 and the blah, blah, all these alphabet soup uh, that we don't need. But you do need someone who's going to protect the people from the guys who happen to have a lot of money because they figured out how to rip people off, which is sort of what we're, <laughs> we're victims of right now. Uh, so that's, that's what I would say. I mean, I'll take an example, NASA. When we went to the moon, and we did go to the moon, and we can have that debate another time, um, NASA employed 40,000 people. The companies like Grumman, Northrop, Brookhaven, there were hundreds of companies in New York, very, very advanced, very high-tech, Eastman, Kodak, all these things. They employed 400,000 people. So because you had a federally funded drive to figure out how to land a man on the moon, we had a 10 to 1 ratio. That is for every person employed by the government in that project, you had 10 people employed in the private sector feeding into that. I think the problem we have right now is we have absolutely no mission for the nation. We, we see no value in educating a child. We have eliminated, if you're not doing anything, I guess they don't need to learn math or be able to read or do science. It's much better if they can figure out how to masturbate when they're three and contemplate having a sex change. And when that doesn't work, they can change back and be in pain for the rest of their short life. That's what we're doing to our future, uh, as opposed to considering how our nation could sustain a growing population with a rising standard of living from one generation to the next. And in order to do that, you have to have a central issuance of credit. We need a national bank, not a federal reserve, a national bank that's transparent, that's run by the Congress, not a bunch of tiny, you know, bankers in dark rooms. And we need to actually figure out how to build the things that are going to make every single American much more productive, not have three trains derailing a day and floods and droughts and all kinds of nonsense 
that you know we could have solved if we kept building infrastructure. I'd like to point out that um, a couple of things here. So in the first place, yes, of course we need a federal government. Uh, it's really legitimate functions of the government of, of the state, and the, our, which, which is confusing in America, right, because we have the 50 states. So, it, But the federal government, which uh, known as the state elsewhere, uh, number one, to establish and protect borders, uh, which, is, which is sort of what NASA is about, right? It's just sort of a, an extension of the military and, and uh, the second is a force to, to coin and regulate the money. The third is to provide a uh, system or, or a medium for citizens, individuals, to mediate their disputes, which is the course. But, yeah, you definitely need a strong federal government. Uh, Monopoly, Roosevelt, if you want to talk about this week, and if you don't want to spend a lot of time about, on this, that's fine, too. But he decried phantom monopolies. There, there were no actual private monopolies. Actual examples in real life with real people and real money of private monopolies that are not aided by government bureaucracies are few and far between. Uh, the, the New Deal, in fact, uh, set forth a few monopolies, uh, but that's, that's really not that, that pertinent to the issue. I will ask you this, uh, Ms. Fair, what can we do about social se- another horrible legacy of the New Deal is this Ponzi scheme called Social Security, which is just a transfer tax. It's been a transfer tax since the Roosevelt years. What, what can be done about this? Politically, it's very unprofitable to say anything negative about its continuance. I have a plan that would basically say one generation needs to stand up and say we will pay our parents Social Security tax, knowing that we will never get our checks. And then once that group that's sort of earmarked for payments dies off, it is over. Um, if a bill like that came to you as a senator, what, uh, what would your response be? I would say absolutely not. I think we need Social Security. I think we have to lift the limits that people need to pay into it up to higher income levels uh, so that it can be refunded. People have looted it. Unfortunately, today, Social Security doesn't even allow people to live. So you see all these 70-year-olds working at McDonald's, which I think is, I mean, if someone really wants to work at McDonald's, great, but I think that's because they're, they're desperate. They can't make ends meet. So I, I completely would disagree with that. Thanks for your answer. Over to you, Diana. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, no question. Saying, well, what else do you want to to um, fill in the listeners about? <clears throat> well, I'd like to elaborate, just develop this this Ukraine-Russia scenario a little bit more because I do think people are not really aware and look think about the biden crime family okay what one one major area of the crime of course is ukraine that's what we've heard burisma we know that joe biden made no fewer than 20 phone calls we know that hunter biden got this job paying what was it fifty thousand dollars a month or something like that a no-show job they gave him the job because his daddy was vice president and his daddy was extorting money from the company what two was it five million dollar payments or something like that um in order to be sure that the investigation of burisma got dropped and so i mean think of it the irony right donald trump gets impeached for a phone call to president Zelensky. (laughs) 
for which there was nothing wrong. In fact, he what he was doing was saying maybe he would cut off arming Ukraine, which was a great idea, frankly. So Trump does nothing wrong, gets impeached for a phone call, which he doesn't even follow through on his thread. Biden, on the other hand, goes on national television bragging how he bribed the government of Ukraine with $1 billion to fire the prosecutor who was investigating his son's company. And what Uh I find pathetic, I didn't have time to watch the hearings today, so maybe this is wrong, but a friend of mine who was watching told me his impression was the Democrats were saying there's no evidence, there's no evidence, and the Republicans weren't presenting any evidence. Now, if that's true, that's horrible, because the evidence is there. It's just like in your face, massive, outrageous. Uh, Biden should never have been president. And all of this stuff, and think about it, Trump, what, they made it a crime in Georgia to have an opinion that an election was stolen. And they say, uh-huh. why, are you, why is that opinion a crime? Because the experts said the opinion wasn't stolen. So if you have an opinion that's different than someone that they've declared to be an expert, I guess now you can go to jail for that. Yeah, and, and why would they have to do that if it, there really wasn't election fraud? Why would they have to hide of course. all that? You know. Exactly. And see, and I would say the biggest, forget if you want, and I don't think we should, but put aside, I'll just say put aside what happened with the vote counting and the voting machines and everything else. Take the Hunter Biden laptop. We now know mm-hmm. the FBI knew it was legitimate, and you had 50, I think every single one of those 50 intelligence officers who signed that letter saying this is Russian disinformation, every single one of those people should be indicted because they lied and they used their stature to tell a lie, to spread a lie, uh, and and it and it affected the outcome of an election because if everyone mm-hmm. knew at the time of the election that Joe Biden had been getting millions of dollars from the Ukrainian government or a corrupt company in Ukraine to stop his son from being investigated then he probably would have lost the election so forget the vote yeah. The the squashing of the Hunter Biden laptop story, taking the New York Post off of Twitter, that was election interference right there. You don't need to look any further. That was election interference to alter the outcome of the election, which it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. We're at the bottom of the hour. I'm sorry. I know we're at the bottom of the hour. I have a couple of questions for for Ms. Sarah when we come back, I hope. I'm going to ask her some questions. Number one, she's mentioned this voter fraud a few times. She's seen it. Uh, she's seen, she's mentioned her own uh, hilarious, hilarious because it's like, you got to be kidding me, uh, account of this watching people. Just, it's, it's sort of like, you know, we'll give you, it's, it's like when you're a child and you don't want to admit that, like, your brother or some kid on your street did a good job. So at first, like, the grown-up makes you say, oh, they did a good job, and then they leave. You say, well, maybe it was okay. Maybe it was average. And by, by next week, it, they did a terrible job again. And that's what happened to her vote. So she said she watched it happen. Uh, so I'll ask her what she can do, what, what suggestions she might have, particularly if she was a senator, uh, to, 
to sort of, which is actually another question too. As a senator, you can't initiate legislation, but we all know the thing with the Supreme Court justice, you can let it be known through assistance and aid that if such a case came before the court or if such a bill came before the Senate, it would have approval. So anyway, uh, I'll be asking her questions about that and other things, and I'll remind people before we go to the break that our guest's website is Sarah for Senate, S-A-R-E-F-O-R, Senate.com. Uh, Diane Sayre. Okay. We're going to commercial. We'll be back in about three minutes, guys. Hang tight. Do you buy from Amazon? If you do, do you use Amazon Smile? Amazon Smile is a program Jeff Bezos set up to donate to 501c3 nonprofits. If you go to smile.amazon.com and designate Barefoot as Legal as your nonprofit, Jeff Bezos donates 0.5% of your purchase price to our charity. We need your support to fund our operations and promote the barefoot lifestyle. Hey everyone, Proof here. Just wanted to ask you guys, are you guys tired of all the mask ordinances that are passing all over the place with people telling you that you're not allowed to buy and sell unless you have a piece of fabric over your face? Well, we sure are tired of it. Please check out realbarefaceislegal.org and help us get together to fight these mask ordinances. You can also find Bareface Is Legal on Facebook, either as a group or a business page. Anyway, help us fight back against these stupid mask mandates. RealBarefaceIsLegal.org Thank you, my healthy friends. Glad I can be here tonight. Hope you all are breathing air without wearing a face diaper. These mask bouncers are crazy. I got kicked out of a restaurant the other day for not wearing a mask. The lady said we had to keep our masks on at all times or else we could not eat there. I said to her you do realize you sell food. Food goes in your mouth. Do you think I am here just to look at your food? What do they think? Do you think I am going to stare at it trying to convince it to jump through the mask and into my mouth? Thank you. Do they think I will give myself a C-section and just insert the food in my belly? I think they do. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org.
Welcome back to DNP, uh, Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies with our guest, Diane Sayre, running for uh, Senate, the Federal Senate in New York State. Um, Diane and Diana, are you with us? Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, so I will move along here. I think Diane, uh, the whole co-host of this show, might be experiencing technical difficulties. Uh, but uh, I think I'll continue on with our guest, Diane Sarah. And I'll just remind people so that we don't forget. I'll try to do it again before the end of the show. So our guest, Diane Sarah, her website is sareforsenate.com, S-A-R-E-F-O-R, senate.com. Also, you can go to my website, paulbanking.us, where you can hear every archived episode of this show. If you're listening to this on a podcast or something, if you go to paulbanking.us, you'll be able to see um, there's always a little write-up for the show, so the guest, SarahForSenate.com link will be on there as well as any other stuff that she wants to uh, have people have access to so they can know more about her campaign. So before we went to the break, I asked our guest, uh, Ms. Sarah, uh, she brought up the issue of sort of voter fraud several times during, uh, during our talk so far. And I said, I asked her, what kind of suggestions might you have, uh, either politically realistic or if you had a magic wand? Uh, if you don't think you could actually get through uh, good solutions. So so what kind of suggestions might you have for uh, eliminating or reducing voter fraud? Well, you know, a, a few years ago, I guess right before the 2020 elections, a couple of whistleblowers from the NSA, Bill Binney and uh, Kirk Wiebe, Kirk Wiebe, actually wrote a letter to the Attorney General uh, and Secretary of State of every single state saying that they had a program by which to clean up the voter rolls and to eliminate election fraud, that they could do it with, you know, their experts on this kind of thing. Not one single Secretary of State or State Attorney General was remotely interested, which shows you that um, they they know that the system is corrupt. Uh, so I think, number one, there have to be the voter rolls. Take the state of New York. The voter rolls in the county have to correspond with what the state thinks are the voter rolls, and I think there should be an operation to purge the rolls of everyone who obviously is 170 years old or six years old or a, a false address or a duplicate multiple registrations. Uh, I think we need paper ballots that are counted in the polling place. I think chain of custody is very important. I don't think we should have no excuse absentee voting. We should, certainly should not have drop boxes <laughs> where any old person can go put their ballot at any time. I mean, the, the, some of these things are really outrageous. Um, I know in some countries they use a fingerprint to validate absentee ballots. I think there should be something like that. And I think election day is a day. It is not a week. It is not a season. It is not a month. Uh, and absentee ballots have to be in by election day to be counted, not postmarked by that or something else. So those are a few thoughts. Uh, those are interesting. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So Diana's back with us, which is great. Uh, so those are very interesting thoughts uh, for certain. And so the next, so you say election day, I think under such a system, 
uh, with with the paper ballots. Now, obviously, fingerprinting would be. I mean, not that it can't be done without a computer, uh, but that might be sort of an exception to to the no computers idea. It's probably a good idea though to uh, to make it more difficult to rig because think about it. If you have people, if you have the person at the polling place where you go, you, you the listener, right? And there, there's uh, 10 people working there. Each of them has a count for their station. And then there's a total count for the thing, which every one of those 10 people knows about, right? And then that goes to the count and so forth. So the more people who know about it are, will lead to the more alarm bells that will go off if, if something that seems off about it, right? So it's more difficult to just sort of like go and log. Nobody knows anything. Everybody just dropped a piece of paper into a machine and left. And then one person just goes to a computer someplace and just types in whatever they want, which, which I think Diane uh, is sort of asserting to be the case. And I'm not necessarily disagreeing with her. Um, so that, that is very interesting. And I would like to ask another question. So my own assessment uh, of, of Ms. Sayre is that first place she seems earnest, but in the second place, I mean, she does, the sum of her parts equates to she's more or less a Democrat politician running as a third party candidate, which is fine. My question then, obviously, and what voters will want to know, you're going up against Democrat Kirsten Gillibrand as the incumbent. What important differences would there be between Senator Sayre and Senator Gillibrand? <laughs> I'm surprised that you feel like you have to ask that question. But uh, one, I am not owned by the military industrial complex. She married into British aerospace. Uh, she is on the intelligence committee. Uh, she also lied about everything. I understand that she went around the state saying that she was pro-Second Amendment, and then she got in and definitely was not. Um, so I don't know. I don't think there's very much that I would have in common with her, except maybe some of the actions she's taken on behalf of 9-11 responders and to stop sexual harassment of women in the military. Um, otherwise, she really is part of the machine. She is the junior senator of Chuck Schumer. She clearly sees no problem with having a president who is, besides the obvious signs of dementia, is, comes from a longstanding criminal family. Um, mm -hmm. So those are just a few differences for starters. I definitely am not a supporter of Green New Deal or phony green solar panel windmill operations mm -hmm. and and she also supports every nickel going to ukraine uh whatever the risk to the american people may be from that yep wow well yeah i know i heard what you had to say and how diana's back with us i mean that, that's a good answer i wanted to give we have a candidate running for office so that's an important question right it's for the voters to know uh give the candidate a chance to say you know why should you pick me? Why shouldn't you pick the person who's already in there? And that's, I think it's the, I think it's a good thing to ask. And Ms. Sarah gave us some, some good answers. Um, I was going to give Diana a chance to ask a question again, but I'll, I'll ask another question before I throw it back to Diana. So uh, let's say you were Senator Sayre. Uh, you, you come to office, and let's say you were, people love it, not just in your, because that's the thing about New York State. You know, we have Bobby Ann Cox on here who's, who's representing uh, some people who are, bringing action against the governor's office about the uh, basically like no lawyer, no phone call, just permanent. Oh, if you say the COVID monster's name and you have no rights. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, Ms. Sarah heard about, about this case. I know she's involved in a lot of things. 
But yes, basically I'm the case with it. Oh, good. Yeah. So we had Ms. Cox, one of the attorneys on, on our show uh, a few weeks, a month ago, maybe. And uh, it was, it was, it's funny. It's not one of those things that you laugh because it's like, you got to be kidding me. So she asked the, uh, the New York State, you know, worker, politician, or whoever it was, attorney probably. Uh, so let me ask you, if somebody were to be detained under this, you know, without, without a trial, without a test, you just say the word COVID or whatever you want, and you just take them away and, and, and detain them how would the person get out? And the person to, she asked the question to was sort of stunned, uh, took a few minutes to think of it over and said, I guess you'd have to sue us. And think about that. You have to sue us. So in the first place, how do you, if you can't make a phone call, how do you start a lawsuit? Number one. Number two, I mean, think about the, the, the arrogance of that. It's like the central planners who say, well, after I take all your money, you know, how can I have this or that? Well, you can ask for a program. Oh, you mean after I take my, my all my money, I can beg for some of it back? How nice of you. Uh, so if, if I detain you because I feel like it, you can pay for both attorneys and stay detained until, until it's over. It's very interesting. But what she did mention is New York State is populous and gets a lot of national attention, largely because of New York City. And so let's say you're a senator uh, there and you were popular. Would you foresee uh, taking that, say, forward to – do you have any interest in being president? Do I? Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> if I thought it were necessary, if I thought that there were a good reason to do it um, for the good of the country and there was something that would benefit the nation from my doing that, I suppose so. I mean, yeah. So basically, no is your answer, which is fine, which is fine. So basically, that sounds, that sounds like no. I mean, which is okay, which is fine. So it sounds like your ambition is, which is the thing people want to know. Like, they see all these politicians <laughs> and they wonder, is this just another person who is, you know, saying what, what they think people want to hear to try to get in office and leverage it for their own advancement? And it sounds like to me, like the answer is no. I think Ms. Sarah is earnest in her and sincere. And what she wants to do, I think she just wants to, uh, you know, serve in the Senate, sort of do your duty and, uh, you know, it, install changes that she thinks would be beneficial. So for that, I, I commend you. I think that's really cool. Uh, Diana, over to you. No, I was saying I think she probably would want to be a senator first and then maybe think about that, you know, after we get to this step first. So, Diane, um, anything else that we have about, I don't know, I think five minutes or so left here. Yeah, about five minutes. Um, anything that you want to leave the listeners with tonight or anything, um, you know, that we that you really feel we should be focusing on, you know, right now? I mean, obviously, we're coming in not into the just the local elections, but we're coming into the presidential election. Um, you know, it, we're going to be hearing about that. We're going to be hammered with it, I should say, for the next year. Um, anything that you think that people should take away um, from the show tonight? Yeah. Uh, I, one thing, if Joe Biden or anything like Joe Biden, a substitute for him put there by the Democratic Party is allowed to become president, I think we are finished. I think we will mm -hmm. not survive. I think this Biden... Obama and Bush family, it's the same thing, Bush-Clinton family, 
monstrosity, we will not survive. I think the Russians are exercising restraint because anyone who knows Russia's millet, they are a nuclear superpower. They have more warheads than we do. They, if they really wanted to destroy Ukraine and take Ukraine, they could have done it in four days. They, they said what they're doing, and I think that's what they meant that they're doing. Uh, but at any rate, so if we demonstrate, if the American people demonstrate that there are no signs of intelligent life in this country, and we're going to allow our nation to continue on the path that it is on, then all that restraint is out the window, and we will have uh, nuclear Armageddon. So that is what I think, uh, and unfortunately, because the Biden administration is so weak and unstable and arrogant and crazy, I think the danger of that is sooner. Uh, so we have to clean up this mess. The American people have much more power than uh, you tend to think. You have to be in the streets. You have to be in your congressman's face. I think that we would be able to survive a Trump presidency, we would not end in nuclear Armageddon. A Kennedy presidency, we would not end in nuclear Armageddon. I have pros and cons about both of those people, but uh, in each of them, there is a certain love of the nation, a love of truth, and a certain legacy of the dignity of the presidency of the United States, which we haven't seen for some time. Uh, so that's that is what I would like to leave people with. We have to move right now. We can't allow this to chance. Yeah. Miss Sarah, I'd like to ask you, it's very interesting what you said. So you talk about, on the one hand, so if Biden or something close to Biden, or basically if Biden's installed again, which could just mean that the vice president under him will just be actually president before long, um, is installed and it's a big problem, but on the other hand, it's basically at the end of your life, like nuclear Armageddon is what you said. And before we talked about, though, you're convinced that the, that the, that the elections are illegitimate. So what, I mean, what could, what could people do? Let's, let's just say it was, you know, fast forward uh, approximately one year, and Joe Biden is announced is going to be installed for another term as president, whether it's legitimate or illegitimate. I mean, what what, if anything, should people do? Just make a stink, write your senators, write, demand a recount? I mean, what can people do without actually just going down to the state house with their firearms and saying, look, 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 MFers, we're not doing this Well, it's a, see, look, uh, why, did they, why did they create a total, you know, fake insurgency? Why did the intelligence agencies orchestrate January 6th? Right, because they wanted to make sure that nobody would speak out. You know, they're still taking mm -hmm. Facebook pictures and rounding people up who were down there. I know people, I have a friend, you know, I'm a musician by training. I have a friend who's an opera singer who went to, he thought the election was stolen. He went there. He's an opera singer. He is not, you know, some whatever radical. He's under house arrest. I mean, so Crazy. they clearly are afraid that we will be in the street and that we will be visible. So therefore, I think we need to be in the streets and we need to be visible. Uh, I also think that 
Uh, look, there's already a backlash. Vladimir Zelensky was not allowed to speak in the U.S. House of Representatives this time. That's good. The fight of Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Getz and, and some of these others, J.D. Vance now in Ohio, there's a, there's a kind of a very good uh, fight. Rand Paul saying that he doesn't want Ukrainian funding tied to anything else in the budget. Let there be a separate vote on that. So I think we are slowly turning the tide. People who want to get reelected are beginning to realize their constituents don't want this. Um, on the election fraud question, that's another thing, right? If you ever said election fraud, you were thrown off of YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, everything. Now YouTube has had to change their policy. Uh, I think Rumble, everyone was going to Rumble or something else. So uh, YouTube, you're now allowed to say election fraud. Isn't that nice? <laughs> At any rate. <laughs> so, what's our answer? I just want to jump in and say here. So, what yeah. Diane Sarah just said, who again is who is a candidate for Senate in in New York State, uh, for the federal Senate in New York State. Uh, so, what she just said here was uh, that. Uh, oh my God, I just got so busy plugging you, and I looked at the clock, and I, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I feel terrible. About it. I had something really interesting, though. I'll, I'll remember it as soon as the show is over, and I'll hate myself for a week. Um, but, oh, here, I do have a question that might be unrelated, but this is a question I have for you. There's a bill. So the first question I was going to ask is, would you stick your, if you were a senator, would you sort of stick your foot in the ground over, like, something like the spending bill, right? Things need to be itemized, for example. You can't just lump it all in and put a 7,000-page bill together and tell us we're not allowed to read it unless we pass it. Would, would yeah. you ever stick your foot in would you just stick your foot in the ground and say, I don't care, I'm not complying, you have to you have to straighten up your ass, we need to make an example of you, this has to stop now, or would you be of a mind that says, look, we can't shut down the government, I'll do what I can, but once we get close to the deadline, uh, I will, I will, you know, do what I do what I need to do to to keep the legislation moving. How how appropriate is it uh, for you personally to? I mean, where do you where do you fall on that? Well, that's really interesting. I, I think it depends on what the risks would be from a government shutdown. I think as much as possible, and how much can one senator do, really? Uh, probably I would find myself standing alone, being the sen or not alone, but with Rand Paul on many things, perhaps. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe the media is going to really change and things are going to be different and they're going to stop calling, calling Marjorie Taylor Greene crazy. Or, <laughs> But I think that's the only way it's going to change is some of us are going to have to be really hard-nosed. I think you I have think to do that. I mean, this, we, how are we going to end this if we all keep going along with this crap? Exactly right, That's and I remember now what I've been saying before. Ms. Sarah mentioned about YouTube and other other things like that. Uh, you can vote with your wallet, is the expression I like to use out in the world. Like if you don't like a business or their policies, just don't put your money in their register, and let them know. You're, that's why you're not putting their money your money in their register. Uh, in the mm -hmm. same way, if you look, you, people just voted with their. I mean, it's not really a wallet, but with their viewership or whatever. You know, they tuned into another channel to use a television analogy, and guess what? YouTube said, gee, we better, you know, we want to go fetch for your commerce. So, again, you have private solutions handling things in total absence. In fact, counter to what government 
heavy-handed central planners are trying to do. Because we do know from reading the uh, Russian investigation into collusion five years ago that uh, there were, was pressure put on social media companies because of the phonies from other countries interfering with our election. You can say it was good or bad. Last question for Ms. Sarah, and again, it's Sarah for Senate, S-A-R-E-F-O-R, Senate.com, running in New York State. Diane, Sarah, there is legislation now in Congress that would forbid what I just suggested to you, forbid the, uh, the, the Congress from uh, shutting down the government. It would force them to stay there all night, 48 hours if they have to. You, once the deadline comes, you must pass it. This would obviously uh, abrogate your cho- the politician's choice to protest or make changes like you and I just discussed. Would you like to see this legislation passed? No, and I also oppose getting rid of the filibuster. I think we're not a democracy, we're a republic. And democracy is very dangerous as Plato understood. If you have pure democracy, it almost always turns into a mob and it turns into mob rule. And then whoever runs the narrative gets to run. We could all be running around saying that exhaling is destroying the environment and everyone should just be quiet, never speak, and drop dead, and we'd save the earth or something. Um, So there are certain checks in our government. I also support the Electoral College. I think it needs to be there. I think there are balances. The problem is our culture is insane. People have become demoralized, and that's a really good word because it means – Depressed, but it also means you lose your morals, right? It's not only morale, it's your morals. So the kind of corruption we see in the large, we see in the small. And and we really have to change. We have to be better. We have to become better. We have to demand a higher standard of ourselves and our ch- each other. We have to stop lying, and we have to decide that it's okay for us to disagree with each other, and we have to get rid of the idea of guilt by association. Yeah. So, Diane, we really appreciate you being on the show again tonight. You're always a wealth of information. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, we have your back. Thank you. have you. our support. And um, next week, um, I think Paul and I, I think we have an open show next week, right, Paul? I, I have one guest lined up, but he hasn't sent me his information yet, so we may just have an open mic next week. Um, and we're moving into October already. I can't even believe that. So, Diane, thanks again for being on the show. Um, I'll be sure that I send you the link and send your secretary the link. Thanks for joining in tonight. You can catch all of our episodes on radio.com, blogtalkradio.com, and iheartradio.com. Um, I have a very busy week of moving coming up, so um, I will do my best to get the headlines out there next week. Paul, so um, exposing. Thanks for joining in, everybody, tonight. Everybody have a good evening. Paul, we got 10 seconds for you to say something. Sure, pauldayton.us. Every- Her stuff as well, pauldayton.us. Thanks for joining. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a yeah, lot. Okay. Nice good night, you, Paul. Have a good evening, everybody. Be good.